should just praise him. You know what you've been going through this week. You know what the enemy been trying to do to your family. You know what the devil been trying to do on your job. But look at what God has done for you today. That is why you should praise him. That is why you should give him
you know, any old kind of way. He says, I want to be able to give you this blessing, but you got to be prepared for it. You got to be ready for this thing. And, and, and that's why the new year is so good because we can let go of all the stuff we did or what went through this year and start fresh in the new year. If you think you need to turn a new leaf, well, you just turn your new leaf. Because the old things, the Bible said, have passed away and everything has become new. Thank God for being here this morning. I'm truly grateful. Thank God for all of our uh, elders and ministers that have come before me speaking on the fruit of the Spirit. Thank God for all of you that prepared and laid the foundation for this word. And I thank God for all of you because you didn't have to be here. You could have been still home in your beds. Oh, it's a new year. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay in my house. I'm going to do what I normally do. But thank God for you coming out to his house this morning. Because it makes a difference when you show up. It makes a difference when you're going through your trials and your tribulations and you still show up. You still show up. I'm not going to be before you long, thus says the Lord. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into the word. Heavenly Father, holy and most high God, Lord, we just thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done in this place and how you've already blessed. Thank you, God, for how you continue to make a way out of no way for us. Oh, God, you know our needs today, God. You know the hell that we left at our homes. You know the issues that we're dealing with, oh God, in our own personal lives. Oh, oh God, we just pray that you have your way in this place. Oh God, open up our ears that we can hear your word and our eyes that we can see. Oh God, open our hearts, oh God. Change it from a stony God to a heart of flesh that we can feel. Oh God, we bind the enemy right now. When to rise up against us on every hand, we cast him out in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's give God a hand of praise while we're going to our seats. And amen. Praise the Lord. I won't be before you long. Thus says the Lord. But we're going to go to that old familiar scripture, Galatians 5 and 22, where we've been preaching and teaching on. 5 and 22, and it reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about faithfulness. And I want to go from this particular scripture to another scripture because my topic is the faithful servant or a faithful servant. Now, what does it mean to be faithful today? As we look out into the world and into our country and even in our state, we see that there are those that are living for God today and tomorrow, they are living for someone or something else. The world has changed since I grew up, and it continues to change. 
And if the world is changing, then that means that people are changing. And it seems like each generation changes for the better or the worst. I mean, you can look at it and you can say, well, my generation is better than this generation. The young folks don't want to work. They don't want responsibility. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. But trust me, if you were speaking to someone from a latter generation, they would tell you the same thing. People change. The world is changing, and we are too. Today, we don't want to be faithful because we won't, don't want to be held accountable to anyone or anything. And that's what's going on in today's generation. We've got folk that want to do what they want to do, and whenever they're called out, they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to say that they're wrong. They're too prideful to say that, oh, I am so sorry. Can you please forgive me? Will you please forgive my error in judgment? Nobody wants to be held accountable. Nobody wants to be responsible for anything. Just like in the ministry, you've got all kinds of ministries and auxiliaries and, and departments and everybody wants to be the boss. But whenever it comes time for stuff to hit the fan, everybody goes their separate way. It's not, no, it wasn't me. Nobody wants to be responsible. Marriages fail because no one wants to admit fault. Both parties, excuse me, y'all, I just got my papers. Both parties want to be right. Relationships fail because there is no trust. And someone once told me that they're just thinking about them and their own. That is today's generation. People are not so concerned about you when you leave the house of God. They're concerned about them, and I'll say theirs. Because the lack of responsibility has come into the house. We're trying to bring everything that's out in the world into the house of God, and that includes not being held responsible for anything. You ever seen anybody that goes from job to job, got a job today, next week you talk to them, no, I got another job now. What happened to that job? Well, the, the boss was talking a little, you know, he was talking too harsh to me, and I didn't think I could take it. Today's generation will fail because we don't want to take responsibility. We don't want to take ownership. We don't want nobody talking to us out of the way. We don't want any of that. But if you don't want to take responsibility in the world, you surely have to take responsibility in the house of God. Because in his house, God has already set up some commandments, right? There's certain things you don't do. 
when you serving God. There's certain places you don't go when you're serving God, right? Now, I'm talking about being a Christian. I'm not just talking about coming in his house. Oh, I got a good word, and I'm going, and I'm going back to do what I, went, what I was doing yesterday. No, I'm talking about those of us that have been filled with his Holy Spirit, claiming we've got the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and yet we're going out from his house to do the things that he's telling us not to do. God says, you got to be faithful. Relationships fail because, you know, you, nobody, I can't, I can't trust you to go anywhere by yourself. Well, how are you going to trust me if you can't trust me here? This is what God is telling us. God has got to be able to trust us. He's got to be able to put some trust in us. Have you shown yourself faithful to God? Have you proved yourself to be faithful to God? Now, to be faithful, it means that you're loyal, you're steadfast, you're, you're, you're reliable, and, and, and you support others. How many times have we supported our brothers and sisters in the house, outside the house? How many times has our pastor or a pastor or anyone said, I'm going to such and such a place and I would love it if you all could be there? I'm just using an example. Nobody shows up. Well, what does that say about your faithfulness? Not only to the house of God, but to God. If God says, I'm going to bless you on the corner at 9 o'clock tomorrow, who will show up? Right, everybody, except for those that sleep in. Because folks that sleep in, don't, they don't want to get up. Now you, you, will you go and get my blessing for me? Bring it back? And give it to me? That's how some of us are. We want somebody else to do the work. But we want to take the blessing. We want somebody else to do the groundwork. But we want to take the recognition. That's not what you call being faithful. And it's not what you call um, uh, sharing in the works of the Lord. This is what you call being um ignorant of the fact that what God is trying to get you to and you don't want to do it unless somebody else is doing it for you. See, we have to be faithful to God today. Now, people have said that dogs are man's best friends, right? But I guarantee you that if you stop feeding that dog and somebody else starts feeding that dog, <laughs> your friendship will crumble quickly because the dog is going to think, well, you know what? Sherwood's not concerned about me anymore. I think I'm going to go and be with Erica. 
because she's feeding me now. You know, I'm going to show my loyalty and respect to her because she's doing everything that he used to do, and I, I'm not going to be with him anymore. A dog will give you the same respect that you give them. See, dogs are loyal to those that are loyal to them. Now, I'm not talking about men that are dogs because there's no man that's a dog in here, okay? Okay. I know you might be thinking, well, you know, all men, no, 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 no. See, I'm so glad <laughs> that Jesus doesn't look at us the same way that we look at other people. <laughs> See, we love them today, right? So you're going to tell me all the good things today, and tomorrow you might be talking behind my back. See, I'm so glad I serve a God that, you know, if he's got something to tell me, he'll tell me right now. He won't wait till later on in the week and start talking to, to whoever uh, about what I did or what he thought I should have done, right? See, God ain't like that. And I'm so glad this morning that my God, when he's got something to say to me, he'll come and tell me. See, we... we we don't want to be held accountable. We, 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 we say we love out of both sides of our mouths today. We, we say, oh, Pastor, I, 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 I love you, and I'm, I'm willing to do what I got to do. And then next week, Pastor asking a question. Again, I'm just using an example. Pastor hadn't told me anything. I'm just using that example. <laughs> and next week, when Pastor's asking a favor, well, Pastor, I just, I don't know. I just haven't been feeling well, and you know, I, I just ain't, I can't do it. I got so many other things I got to do. But last week, you said you was free. What happened? A couple of days. What happened? Because you were just talking out of both sides of your mouth. See, Jesus is our perfect example of faithfulness today. You see, he came down from heaven and was conceived by a virgin with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the whole time, Jesus remained faithful throughout his life. He knew what his end was going to be. He knew what he was going to have to do, but yet he remained faithful. He remained faithful even unto death even knowing that he was going to have to hang on the cross, he remained faithful. See, I don't know anyone else who would be able to do such a thing. I would dare ask my wife or my mom if they would sacrifice and die for me. I'm afraid of what I might hear because the response may be yes or the response may be no. See, this is what God is asking us today. How far are you willing to go to show your faithfulness to me? See, there is a reason why he and he alone came. And it's because nobody else could do it. See, I know you say you love me and you'll do anything for me, but you're not going to do anything. There's some boundaries to what you will do. That's why Jesus had to come. See, Jesus said, I'm willing to make this ultimate sacrifice for you, 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 me, everybody. 
He says, I'm willing to do it because I know the end results. It had to be him. No one else was able to do it. Now I want to turn your attention to a familiar scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 29, and you can read it in your leisure. But it says in a nutshell that there was a man who had servants and they were faithful. And this Lord knew what they were capable of. So he decides to go out of the country. But before he left, he divided his goods between the three of them according to their ability. He gave one five talents. The second one he gave two. And the last one he gave one according to what he thought they would be responsible for. Now, remember I said that the man knew his servants. See, God knows you. He knows what you're doing. He knows where you're going. He knows your end from your beginning. He knows all of these things. And so this man knew his servants well, and he also knew what they were capable of doing. So he gave them what he thought they could handle. Now this first servant immediately began his work and he went and traded and made five additional talents for his Lord. The second one followed suit with two and made two more. But the third went and dug a hole and hid his talent. The first two showed their faithfulness by doing what they were asked to do. Now, when God is asking you to do something, have you been replying with a yes? Have you been doing what God has asked you to do? Have you been giving what God has asked you to give? Have you been saying what God has been telling you to say? So this is all about faithfulness. These first two showed their faithfulness by doing what their Lord said to do. And now my question is, are we willing to show our faithfulness to God by doing the things that he's calling us to do? You see, this third servant, the Bible says he had one. So the Lord obviously didn't have as much trust and faith in him as he did the other two. He had more faith in one that he gave five. The one that he gave two, he had some faith. The one that he gave one talent, he had very little faith because he knew what type of person this was. This type of person with that one talent was willing to take it and then bury it. He was willing to take it and then hide it. He was willing to take it and then keep it. But his Lord told them to take care of his business. You see, this servant didn't want to be responsible 
for losing his master's talent. So instead of taking a leap of faith, he went and he dug a hole. How many times has God called you to do something and all you do is, Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I wish I had somebody to help me. Lord, I wish you would send somebody. Lord, if you just give me a little more money, I can do it. But God is saying, if you knew, if you only knew, like the other two servants knew, and showed their faithfulness, if you only knew the reward that was behind what I was trying to call you to do, you would do it in a hurry. So often we want to dig a hole and put it in the hole. But when you put something in a hole, you can't really have access to it when you want it. Because you got to hide it, bury it, go back to where you come from. And when you need it, you got to go back and find it again. But God is calling us this morning to a place of faithfulness. He says, whatever you did earlier today, yesterday, last week, last month, he says, don't worry about that. He says, because I want you to be in a place of faithfulness. I need to be able to trust you. Look at your neighbor and say, can God trust you? Can God trust you? It seems like such an easy answer. But remember, I told you that God can read our hearts. Can God trust me? I say, yes, Lord, but what is my heart saying? What is my heart saying to God? Lord, I, I want you to trust me, but I'm not ready for you to trust me because I've got some things that I got to do. I've got some places that I got to go. I got some people that I need to meet. So God is saying, yeah, I can trust you, but first you need to be in the place of trust. Faithfulness is hard. Faithfulness is tough. And I'm reminded in the book of Job and how he was a faithful and upright man and he shunned evil. The Bible says God had asked Satan if he had considered Job and that there was nobody like him on earth and that he was blameless and upright. So Satan says, why wouldn't he be you? Why wouldn't he be? You've got a hedge of protection around him, and I can't even get close to him. So God allows Satan to wreak havoc in Job's life, but yet Job remains faithful. Job remained faithful even with all the sores on his body, even when his wife told him you should just curse him and die. But Job still remained faithful. You see, I know that what you might be going through may not be easy. You know, the Bible didn't tell us that it would be easy to go through. As a matter of fact, I've never seen a trial that was easy. I've never been through a storm that was easy. I've never been sick, and it was easy. Everything that you go through for God is not going to be easy. But God says if you just hold on, if you just keep the faith, if you just keep right on moving, he says, I promise you, your end will be better than your beginning. But we want the easy way out. We want the cushion out. 
You know, we want a, a, something that's, that's, that's simple, you know, something that a child can go through is what we want to be able to go through. But it's not going to be that easy. Sometimes you may even want to give it up. Sometimes you may even want to throw in the towel. But if you just keep your faith in God, I promise you it will be better than today. It will be better than yesterday. But you've got to keep the faith. Just like with Job, even after the enemy tried to make him doubt and deny God, the enemy is trying to get us at our weakest and most vulnerable point. He wants us to think the worst of people. And he wants us to not forgive others that have wronged us. He wants us to hold on to that unforgiveness. Hold on to that anger. Hold on to that jealousy. Hold on to that lust. Because that's how the enemy is going to get you. But if we throw that mess down and begin to trust in God, I'm telling you, you will be a better person. See, he wants us to come in his house mad, come in smiling, fake smiling, come in grumpy, don't want to look at nobody. But then when you get in his house, hey, sister, how you go out, what, what's going on? I thought you were in a place of faithfulness. You know, when you're in a place of faithfulness, you know, you're not going to be angry all the time. You know, there's, there's something going on with folks that's always mad about something. You know, every time I turn around, you, you know, you're you talking bad about somebody. Every time I turn around, you, you, you're angry and I, I can barely get a word in. But, you know, you, and you're saying you're saved. I'm not saying that you're not saved. Hey, I, I, I don't know. That's between you and God. But what I do know is God ain't got them kind of folk on his team. God ain't got them kind of folks on his team. Always angry, always want to start trouble, always talking about folks. No, 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 no. That's not what God is about. But God wants us to continue to be faithful even when others aren't. Have you ever seen folks that come in, the work already done? Oh, man, wow. That was, man, I wish y'all would have told me earlier. I would have came, you know, but you already knew what time everybody's supposed to be there, right? You already know, 7 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever time been set, you showing up at 3. It's already done because we started at 12 on time. Wow, man, that's, that's amazing. I wish somebody would have texted me and told me, but somebody did tell you. Remember? But, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Nobody wants to be held accountable. You know, we, we all want the easy way out. Nobody wants to be able to touch anything anymore. I'm coming, it's already prepared, like this stuff here in the front. See, somebody had to prepare all this stuff, right? Right? Somebody had to prepare it, and all you got to do tonight is just show up, right? But what happens when nobody shows up? Nothing gets done. This is why we're called the church. The church is not just one person, but how many? Everybody. Right? The house of God ain't made up of just one I remember Pastor saying quite a bit. You know, he used to do a lot. <laughs> I remember back in the other building and the down, down further down the road. He used to do a lot. But look at what God is doing. He's helping to make his hands light. You know, it's always got to be a hater. 
I always got to be a hater. I'm not going to call the haters out today because it's not my job. But I'm just saying, if we hating, let's stop hating. Let's do what God is calling us to do, right? Because we can only go as high as God allows us. And if there's nobody here to do the work, right? How are we going to be able to do the work of the ministry and nobody wants to do the work of the ministry? Somebody got to be willing to get their hands dirty. We got to have folks to set up stuff and, and put stuff down and put stuff together and all that. All that stuff is hard. But we got to have people to do it. You can't just show up and have your hands clean and nails all done and all that stuff saying, oh, no, no, I don't think I'm going to do it today. No, well, you in the wrong, I ain't going to say you're in the wrong ministry. You're just on the wrong team. You're on the wrong team. You need to, you need to uh, pick something that, you know, don't, you can't get your hands dirty. You, you don't have to worry about getting your hands wet. Your hands are still clean. You ain't got to worry about none of that stuff. You just, just got the wrong, just on the wrong team. That's all. You stay in the ministry, but, you know, just choose another team. That's all. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me, excuse y'all. Anyway, but look, so, so when it looks like, when it looks like everybody and the mama's turning from God and going back down, back to doing to what they were doing. And, you know, I just use mom as mama as a, ter- you know, just a term. But everybody in the daddy, everybody in the sister, whoever, everybody's trying to go back to doing the things that they were doing before they were saved. But don't let these people fool you. You stay with God. And don't let the enemy trick you <laughs> into turning back. You see, I've, I've got a brother. Is my other brother? I don't see my other brother here. But I've got a brother that was an apostle. And he was an apostle for a while. Him and his wife started having issues. They got divorced, all these things, a whole lot, of, whole lot of issues. So he got married again. Now he's not saved. Him and his wife are living out of the car. He's lost so much weight. People say that he might be on drugs. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is, you know, you cannot let the devil fool you. The enemy will try to get you every time. And if you let your guard down long enough, he will get you. And you'll be wondering, how did I get here? Well, you opened the door. You let him in. And once he came in, You didn't let him back out. You kept him because it felt good. You know, I I ain't going to lie to you. And I know, I hope you all don't lie to me. It feels good sometimes. Whenever it felt good when I was in sin, I was doing what I wanted to do, smoking, drinking, partying, you name it, I did it. But now that I'm with God, it it don't feel the same to me. And, you know, I tell, I tell everybody that, 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 that drink alcohol, you know, I used to be a drinker, but the Lord took that from me. I don't need a drink anymore. You know, I used to be a smoker, but the Lord took that taste from me. I don't need smoke anymore. And we all trying to, trying to party being saved like folks that are not saved. It's time for you to put that stuff down. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Even when we're not faithful to God, guess what? God is still, (laughs) 
I'm just waiting on you, brother. Whenever you come in, I'm ready for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting with anticipation for you to come back in his house. Waiting. Can you imagine a God that waits for you even when you're doing wrong and he knows you're wrong? He's still waiting. I'm just waiting, sister. I'm just waiting for you, brother. Come on back in my house. Come back into my glory. I will forgive you of all you've done. Right? And I will cleanse you from all your sins. But we, you know, we're not ready. We're not ready to take the next step. We're not ready to go or come back to God because we think we're going to miss something. But you're not going to miss anything. The only thing you're going to miss when you come back to God is hell. Right? That's all you're going to miss. The only thing you're going to miss when you get saved is that lake of fire. Now, if you want to go to the lake of fire with all power and all might, you go right ahead. But that ain't what I want to do. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. And I know you think that, you know, you're the only one going through. You're the only one, you know, in this test. Let me tell you something. Somebody probably right beside you in the back or somewhere, they've done gone through the same thing you're going through. It may not be the same type situation, but they're going through the same stuff you're going through. You know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, so somebody had to have gone through it. There's nothing new. There's no great invention of, of sin and temptation and all that stuff. Somebody else has already gone through it. It says it's common to man, but God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. That's why I say, we let the devil in because it says beyond what you're able. We open that door. God don't open that door. We open it and we let the enemy in and we let him come in. We let him wreak havoc in our life. And then we're trying to do everything we can to get it off. But you're doing it all the wrong way. Look, I'm about finished. I'm not going to be able to finish my sermon today, but I'm almost done. I know you thought that you were the only one facing these issues, but others have gone through what you're currently facing right now. And if they can pass the test and get through it, well, you can too. What kind of servant would you be if you didn't go through any tests? What kind of faithful servant would you be if you didn't go through any temptations? You would be no good to God. No good. Because you wouldn't have a testimony. See, those of us that are faithful have a testimony. We know where the Lord has brought us from. We know what the Lord has brought us out of, right? I've got a testimony because I know what God has done in my life. Luke 15 and 11 tells of the prodigal son who was faithful to his father until he became of age and decided to take his inheritance and do what he wanted to do. The scripture says that the younger son took all his possessions. Now, wait a minute. He took all his possessions, right? So that means he took everything. So this younger son got everything together that belonged to him and took it, right? He set off for a distant country, and he hadn't planned on going back home. See, whenever you leave your mom and daddy's house, you, you know, some kids will leave a, a little token. Some will leave a suitcase. Some will leave a few clothes. But you know the ones that are not coming back because they get everything. 
When they go out to college, they pack the bags, they take the bed, they take the dresser, they take everything. I ain't coming back. <laughs> right? <laughs> so this man, this young man took all his possessions and he set out for a distant country. So not only did he take everything, but he wanted to get away from his father. So he went as far as he could go, right? And that's what some of these, you know, college students do. They don't want to be around mom and dad. So they, they go to the other side of the country. They go to California. <laughs> they go to Washington State. They go to Arizona. And anywhere but North Carolina. I don't want to be where they No, no, no. So, <laughs> so this son had no intentions of going back home to the place where he had been taught faithfulness, but never, it says he never forgot his home because upon arrival to this new place, this place that he had never seen before, only had heard things about. You know, have you ever seen folks who want to tell you all the good things about a place? And then when you get there, wait a minute, this is the place you've been telling me about? Like, like, like I, can, I, can, I can compare it to like a, a Chinese restaurant because I don't like Chinese food, y'all. And I don't like Mexican either. So don't never offer me any because I'll tell you no. So, <laughs> you know, people tell me all the time, oh, yeah, this place is good. It's very clean. And, you know, you can, the food is great. Get there. Hmm. Nah, it ain't for me. It ain't for me. And this is what happened to this prodigal son. He got to this place where everybody was talking great things about it. And as soon as he gets there, it's nothing like he thought. Because the Bible says that he began to live a lifestyle of fast living. Anybody used to live fast in the house? Anybody still living fast in the house? Let's see. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, fast living meant parties, drinking, women, whatever. You name it, that's what he did. It says, you name it, he did it, but his money soon ran out. And guess what? When your money ran out, you think you're going to have any friends left? No, uh, you, you might have one, and if that, no friends. So the money disappeared, so his friends disappeared. So he made, he, the friends that he made, they disappeared, and they were not there for him when he began to go through his troubles. He says he had nothing to offer, nothing. But there was a place that he had not forgotten about. There was a place that was in his heart that he remembered, a place that was filled with love and peace and, and food and clean living and faithful friends that he could trust, a place that he ended up going back to because he remembered this place was the best place for him. He remembered his faithfulness to his father up until he became of age. You know how it is when we become what I quote unquote grown. Can't nobody tell us nothing. I try to tell my, well, my son ain't like that. My son, he listens. My daughter, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Daddy, I know. I, you know, I was the same way. Mom, you know, mom, I'm grown. I know what I'm talking. I know what I'm doing, right? He didn't want to listen to nobody. <laughs> So he goes back home to this place of safety, and this is where God is calling us to, especially the one that has missed, I guess, their mark and have gone astray and, then, and have gone out and done things that they didn't really want to do. So as I close, 
My question today is, what kind of servant are you? Are you the faithful one like Job, that even when it looks like bad, you will continue to be faithful? Are you like the servant with the one talent that decided to show faithfulness by burying it so no one can see it? Or are you like the prodigal son that somehow, someway lost his way and just wants to come back home? As the altar team comes up, let's just let it sit right here for a moment. You've lost your way. And you want a way back into God. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what kind of walk you have with God. There is always a way back. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you said. There is always a way back to God. See, this son didn't think he would ever come back. Remember, I told you he packed everything. And he left for what he thought was for good. But he had to come back. And this is what God is calling us today. God is letting you know that you can come back to the place of safety with him. You don't have to stay in that same stuff. You don't have to stay in that same pig pen. You don't have to stay in that sin. You can come back and renew your relationship with him. You see, he left the door open. And he one day, this man, this young man came to himself. So what can you improve on? with your walk with God. What are you not doing that you could be doing? Today, God is calling us to a place of faithfulness. Everyone go ahead and rest on your feet. We're going to open up 